section 46 of Reviews by Oscar Wilde. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Robin Cotter. May 2007. Reviews by Oscar Wilde. Edited by Robert Ross. Section 46. A Batch of Novels. Of the three great Russian novelists of our time, Turgenev is by far the finest artist. He has that spirit of exquisite selection, that delicate choice of detail, which is the essence of style. His work is entirely free from any personal intention, and by taking existence at its most fiery-colored moments, he can distill into a few pages of perfect prose the moods and passions of many lives. Count Tolstoy's method is much larger, and his field of vision more extended. He reminds us sometimes of Paul Veronese, and, like that great painter, can crowd, without overcrowding, the giant canvas on which he works. We may not at first gain from his works that artistic unity of impression which is Turgenev's chief charm, but once that we have mastered the details, the whole seems to have the grandeur and the simplicity of an epic. Dostoevsky differs widely from both his rivals. He is not so fine an artist as Turgenev, for he deals more with the facts than with the effects of life, nor has he Tolstoy's largeness of vision and epic dignity, but he has qualities that are distinctively and absolutely his own, such as a fierce intensity of passion and concentration of impulse, a power of dealing with the deepest mysteries of psychology and the most hidden springs of life, and a realism that is pitiless in its fidelity, and terrible because it is true. Some time ago we had occasion to draw attention to his marvellous novel, Crime and Punishment, wherein the haunt of impurity and vice a harlot and an assassin meet together to read the story of Dives and Lazarus, and the outcast girl leads the sinner to make atonement for his sin. Nor is the book entitled Injury and Insult at all inferior to that great masterpiece. Mean and ordinary though the surroundings of the story may seem, the heroine, Natasha, is like one of the noble victims of Greek tragedy. She is Antigone with the passion of Phaedra, and it is impossible to approach her without a feeling of awe. Greek also is the gloom of Nemesis that hangs over each character, only it is a Nemesis that does not stand outside of life, but is part of our own nature, and of the same material as life itself. Alyosha, the beautiful young lad whom Natasha follows to her doom, is a second Tito Melima, and has all Tito's charm and grace and fascination. Yet he is different. He would never have denied Baldassare in the square at Florence, nor lied to Romola about Tessa. He has a magnificent momentary sincerity, a boyish unconsciousness of all that life signifies, an ardent enthusiasm for all that life cannot give. There is nothing calculating about him. He never thinks evil, he only does it. From a psychological point of view, 
He is one of the most interesting characters of modern fiction. As from an artistic, he is one of the most attractive. As we grow to know him, he stirs strange questions for us, and makes us feel that it is not the wicked only who do wrong, nor the bad alone who work evil. And by what a subtle objective method does Dostoevsky show us his characters? He never tickets them with a list, nor labels them with a description. We grow to know them very gradually, as we know people whom we meet in society, at first by little tricks of manner, personal appearance, fancies and dress, and the like, and afterwards by their deeds and words, and even then they constantly elude us. For though Dostoevsky may lay bare for us the secrets of their nature, yet he never explains his personages away. They are always surprising us by something that they say or do, and keep to the end of the eternal mystery of life. Irrespective of its value as a work of art, this novel possesses a deep autobiographical interest also, as the character of Vanya, the poor student who loves Natasha through all her sin and shame, is Dostoevsky's study of himself. Goethe once had to delay the completion of one of his novels, till experience had furnished him with new situations, but almost before he had arrived at manhood, Dostoevsky knew life in its most real forms. Poverty and suffering, pain and misery, prison, exile, and love, were soon familiar to him, and by the lips of Vanya he has told his own story. This note of personal feeling, this harsh reality of actual experience, undoubtedly gives the book something of its strange fervor and terrible passion. Yet it has not made it egotistic. We see things from every point of view, and we feel, not that fiction has been trammeled by fact, but that fact itself has become ideal and imaginative. Pitiless, too, though Dostoevsky is in his method as an artist, as a man he is full of human pity for all, for those who do evil, as well as for those who suffer it. For the selfish, no less than for those whose lives are wrecked for others, and whose sacrifice is in vain. Since Adam Bede and Le Père Guarreau, no more powerful novel has been written than insult and injury. Mr. Harding's book, Willow Garth, deals, strangely enough, with something like the same idea, though the treatment is, of course, entirely different. A girl of high birth falls passionately in love with a young farm bailiff, who is a sort of Arcadian Antinous, and a very Ganymede in gaiters. Social difficulties naturally intervene, so she drowns her handsome rustic in a convenient pond. Mr. Harding has a most charming style, and, as a writer, possesses both distinction and grace. The book is a delightful combination of romance and satire, and the heroine's crime is treated in the most picturesque manner possible. Marcella Grace tells of modern life in Ireland, and is one of the best books Miss Mulholland has ever published. In its artistic reserve, and the perfect simplicity of its style, it is an excellent model for all lady novelists to follow, and the scene where the heroine finds the man, who has been sent to shoot her, lying fever-stricken behind a hedge with his gun by his side, is really remarkable. Nor can anything be better than Miss Mulholland's treatment of external nature. She never shrieks over scenery like a tourist, 
nor wearies us with sunsets like the Scotch school. But all through her book there is a subtle atmosphere of purple hills and silent moorland. She makes us live with nature, and not merely look at it. The accomplished authoress of Soap was once compared to George Eliot by the Court Journal, and to Carlyle by the Daily News, but we fear that we cannot compete with our contemporaries in these daring comparisons. Her present book is very clever, rather vulgar, and contains some fine examples of bad French. As for A Marked Man, That Winter Night, and Driven Home, the first shows some power of description and treatment, but is sadly incomplete. The second is quite unworthy of any man of letters, and the third is absolutely silly. We sincerely hope that a few more novels like these will be published, as the public will then find out that a bad book is very dear at a shilling. End of section 46